Many of you know Dr. Jimmy Turner. He calls himself the physician philosopher, and this is his second time on the show. In the first episode with us, we talked about his first book, The Physician Philosopher's Guide to Personal Finance, and he just published his second book, Determined, How Burned Out Doctors Can Thrive in a Broken Medical System. He also runs the Alpha Coaching Experience and hosts the Physician Philosopher podcast, but we didn't talk about any of that. He recently bought a smoker, and I love smoking meat. So I thought we'd chat about smoking. Now, I'm on Long Island, and he's in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, so I thought I'd learn something from him, but as it turns out, something that I've been doing for a while, so I, I ended up doing most of the talking. This is the first episode that I've done that has nothing to do with medicine, and I hope it's a nice mental break for everyone. Welcome to the Physician's Guide to Doctoring, a practical guide for practicing physicians. Dr. Bradley Block interviews experts in and out of medicine to find out everything we should have been learning while we were memorizing Krebs cycle. The ideas expressed on this podcast are those of the interviewer and interviewee and do not represent those of their respective employers. And now, here's Dr. Bradley Block. Dr. Jimmy Turner, thanks for coming back to the podcast. It's been a while. Yeah, thanks, Brad. I'm super excited to be here and about a topic that I don't I don't podcast about very often. So this is gonna be fun. Yeah, our last our last episode was about just the mindset about money and the 80-20 rule. And it was a lot of great material. So for all the listeners, you know, definitely check back. That was, I mean, it was definitely well before COVID. I think it was probably 2019 where we when we recorded the episode. So what what kind of stuff before we get into this episode, which is gonna have nothing to do with medicine, uh, and all about cooking meat, mostly smoking meat. Uh, but before we get into that, just tell the listeners what you're up to nowadays. Yeah. So uh, I, I still, my two favorite topics are still money and mindset. And so, uh, you know, I've got a couple things on the, on the burner right now. I've got medical degree, financial university is opening up next month. And then uh, the alpha coaching experience for, for burned out doctors. And so I'm super excited about both those things. Been working on them for a really long time. And, and actually I have a third thing. I got a book coming out in a few months. Uh, called Determined, uh, how burnout doctors can thrive in a broken medical system. So those are kind of three big things for me. But if people you want to check out, check out stuff, the Physician Philosopher podcast is still kicking. And we now we alternate money and mindset episodes every week because those are my two, my two things. It's what I love to do. It's what I love talking about. And um, we actually had someone who's involved in your podcast in on the episode a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Yeah. Alicia Taylor. Yeah, we could we can hear her there as well, right? Yeah, Dr. Taylor. Yeah, exactly. Dr. Taylor and I are running running MBFU together, and uh, she is a, an amazing human being. Super excited to be working with her, um, and and really love everything that she does. So I'm I'm a big big fan of of, of Alicia. What what is the Alpha Coaching Experience? Could you just elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So Ace Ace is a twelve uh, week coaching program for doctors who, uh, you know. Probably I'd say 99% of people are either burned out in medicine or they're working through a career transition or some of some kind. They're thinking about taking a new job. They're thinking about, you know, a leadership position. They are considering a change uh, in some way, shape, or form in medicine. Thinking about going part time, stepping away completely. Uh, and so doctors come into ACE to to basically get help thinking through that process. And we teach them a step by step method to to really kind of fall back in love with medicine. To be honest with you, and and if they decide to to go a different path, then they at least do do that from a position of strength instead of from a position of scarcity. Uh, where they're running away from from a very broken medical system that I think we're all experiencing right now. So, um, so yeah, ACE is all about empowering physicians uh, through teaching them about money, mindset, and kind of life. Well, I think that's a good lead-in to uh, to smoking meat because you can't really have a scarcity mindset when you are smoking meat. So I, the, yeah. the reason I thought of this episode is I saw you posted something on Facebook about getting uh, getting a smoker. 
Yep. And that's something that I've been doing ever since I moved to the suburbs. So I used to live in Queens, an apartment building in Manhattan before that. And so you can't really do that out there. Uh, you can't really have that out on your balcony. Uh, so once we got a house in the suburbs, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm getting, I'm going to get a smoker. Uh, so I saw you did that. So let's first talk about your, your smoking experience. Yeah. So, so my, my smoking experience actually comes from, uh, from my father-in-law. He's a big, big, big smoker. Uh, so, and pit actually, boss. yeah, pit boss. I mean, that's his thing. So, uh, you know, I got a pit boss grill just like he does. And he actually, we, you know, we went to the, the backstory on this is actually kind of funny. So we, um, you know, we're trying to figure out where we were going to do Christmas, uh, last year. So, you know, December of 2021. And, uh, you know, we had, uh, my brother and, uh, you know, sister-in-law flying in from California. We had family coming up from South Carolina and basically the, you know, the border of Georgia. And so we were going to have several people in our house, uh, you know, for this gathering. And, you know, my, my parent-in-laws, my mother and father-in-law, their house isn't quite big enough to have that many people in it. Um, you know, it's kind of, three, three bedroom, two bath kind of house. And it's going to have like, you know, 12 people. I, I mean, my, myself, by myself, I have a family of five. Right. And, uh, and so I was like, Hey, what do you think about coming up to my house for Christmas? He's like, well, yeah, I mean, that sounds great. We love your house. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, who's gonna, who's gonna smoke the, uh, the roast beast. And I said, I said, well, uh, what do you mean? He's like, well, you don't have a smoker. I can't do it if I come up there. And he's just like, like, this is like his thing. This is what he lives for. <laughs> oh no. Like, <laughs> so that's, like the, that's what, yeah. It doesn't matter yeah. how many people we need to squeeze into our tiny house, but if nope. we can't, that's the, it's the one, one entree that really <laughs> makes or breaks the holiday. Oh, yeah. so funny. So it's like, it was like an existential crisis moment for him. He's like, I'd love to come, but you don't have a smoker. And I said, well, <laughs> Hey, what if I buy a smoker? And, uh, so that you can, you can, you know, do that on the grill, you know, when, uh, when you get here. And so he's like, no, nah, no, you don't have to do all that. And I was like, no, I, I, I want you to want to come. And that's a big deal for you. So I'm happy to spend the money to invest in our relationship by this smoker. And Hey, it comes with the added benefit that I get to mess around with it and learn how to smoke some meat. Right. So, so I ended up buying this, uh, pit boss grill and, uh, that, that he recommended and, you know, we got the, the pellets and it's a pellet grill and I, I love it, honestly. You know, I'd say that what what I've cooked the most since then has been ribs. I've done that several times now because um, it's something that doesn't take quite as long to smoke. Because for me, the thing that I was worried about was like, man, I hear most smoking lots of meat takes a really long time. Um, and so, so the ribs, I mean, that's a good like you know five six hour kind of thing. It's not really like a 10, 12, 14 hour kind of thing. Uh, so I have just to be clear, pork ribs. These are pork ribs. Yes, yes, yeah. they are. They yeah. are. They are pork ribs. And uh, St. Louis, St. Louis ribs is what I normally do. So, okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, but I got, I got basically got, you know, this grill for my grand or for my grandfather, my kid's grandfather and, uh, and have loved it. So when you chose pellet, why did you choose pellet? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you the honest answer because he told me to, but okay. the, uh, the, the shorter answer. So I have a gas grill. And, yeah. and, you know, I have friends that have green eggs. I have friends that have, you know, other kinds of, of grills. And, and for me, like just eating the, the meat that came off his grill, like it was always just very consistent, um, you know? And so like the, keeping the temperature the same and, and, and having it, you know, fed the way that it is, um, yeah. like being able to kind of set it low and slow was really, I think important to me when I was buying this grill. And, um, and as far as I knew, that was kind of one of the best ways to do it. I yeah, could be well, wrong also for, for the, for the listeners, the pellet grill, it's so the, the original company that did it was Traeger. And they were, I think they were like a sawmill company hmm. or something. And they had all this leftover sawdust. They're like, how do we monetize sawdust? Oh, we'll compress them into little pellets. And I'm not sure if this is 
the timeline, but maybe they, they made pellet heaters first. Mm. Um, cause that's a thing, um, that you could use these little pellets. It's not the same pellets though. Cause the pellet, you need, you need specific flavor of wood to make sure that you're putting the right flavor into your meat. So it's not the same thing that's going like, to keep your house warm. Um, so what they do is they, they, these pellets, uh, are fed into an auger that you can then increase or decrease the rate of the faster you burn them, the hotter it burns, the lower you, you, the lower the rate you burn them, the, uh, the lower the temperature. And so it's a way of internally regulating the temperature. And so what you'd have is you have a thermometer for the, for the, the pellet, uh, for the smoker. Um, and then you have a pellet for the, sorry, a thermometer for the meat. And so at least with mine, it's Wi-Fi enabled. So I can go for a ride. I got a rec tech pellet. Also. I was going to ask what you had. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I can go for a run or something and then uh although it's 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 hosed me a couple of times when i've when i've left it and i'll so i'll talk about that so <laughs> so i have the temperature in the meat i've got the temperature and and you set it and you set it and so if the temperature gets too hot it slows the auger if it gets too low then it increases the rate and so you don't have to it's like an oven like it just keeps the same temperature yeah so, yeah. so especially if you're you've got your alpha coaching experience you're a full-time anesthesiologist you've got three kids you're writing a book right like like you don't have time to tend to what real smokers call a stick burner, which is where you get these like logs that you split or maybe you buy them split and you need to feed them into this offset thing and you need to increase the airflow or decrease the airflow and feed the fire. And look, we don't, we don't have time for that. And so with a pellet grill, you get to smoke the meat without having to um, tend to it at all like it's, it's it is literally set it and forget yeah that, I, i'll be honest that was a huge thing for me now that you're mentioning that I actually you know we had this big golf tournament so i love golf i'm not good at it those are different things but we had this big golf tournament right and um and so like i was getting ready for it and and you know i wanted to go to the the range for an hour or two to like you know get ready for this tournament and i i cooked ribs that day and it was like the three hour portion at the beginning and i you know i said it i went to the you know the range for a couple hours came back and uh and it was doing its thing but you're right if you if for at least for the one that i have if you don't kind of i don't know what the word i want to use is but disturb the pellets just to make sure that they're they're just they're actually going into the auger uh yeah. it, it will it will turn off <laughs> and so well, what 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 happened with mine is what i need to do is between cooks i need to disassemble it i need to clean out the auger i need to grab a handful of pellets i need to put new ones in because what happens is the auger will overfill and then you've got like this and then it 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 can't it just shuts off i mean mm -hmm. you're getting up with this big plume of smoke it looks like it's on fire it's not actually on fire it's a smoker it's just putting out tons of smoke the temperature goes drops down and then you're screwed so if you're too far away from home you're yep. done. I mean, and every time that's happened to me, I had to take the meat off and put finish it in the oven. Like you can't like, Oh, wow. You, I mean, I could disassemble it, keep the meat off for a little bit, I guess, but you know, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a pain. Yeah. So, so Br Brad, I'm curious, what, what's your, what's your, you've got a lot more experience in this. What, what's your favorite meat to smoke? So I've found Chuck to be pretty foolproof. So we're, we're Jewish. And so we yeah. keep this like kosher style. My sure. wife and I like it, it's, the story is like, I used to keep kosher style in and out of the house. Um, but then when we got married, we, you know, met somewhere in the middle. So we're like, we'll keep kosher style in the house, but out of the house, we can eat whatever we want. You know, it's, yeah. it makes sense to us. It's like, okay. we're, we don't practice that much. We don't go to synagogue or anything. I mean, eventually my kids are going to go to, you know, Hebrew school and get bar yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but like, so we don't have pork in the house, which is awful for us because, you know, 
it's time to feel bad for me a little bit because <laughs> we would be so my, my wife actually teaches baking classes and cooking classes at a local farm slash bakery uh, and i smoke the meat like she makes it so between the two of us we would do pork so well mm, like we would. could we could it's real we're really missing out here like we yeah. could if we cooked pork in the house it would be really good so i'm limited to uh you know chicken fish and and beef and so i've i do brisket um and it's come out well most of the time but not yeah. all the time whereas chuck if you screw it up it doesn't really matter that much because you're pulling it apart anyway. You're making pulled beef. Yeah. And so if the fat like drips off of it, you're mixing it back into it. So it really doesn't matter that much. And you add yeah. some sauce and, yeah, and, it, and it's good. So Chuck is, Chuck is, is, is Chuck, Chuck's the way to go, huh? Favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've got a solution actually for your problem. So you can just cook the pork and give it to me and I will consume <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, so I really want to do a brisket, but I'm not going to lie. I, it, it scares me a little bit after I read about it and how people can screw it up. And it does take 10 to 14 hours to like cook something that may not turn out good. Uh, but you know, it's at, a commitment. Yeah. At some point I just gotta, you know, gotta jump in there and, and do it. So, you know, well, you just try it. So here's, here's, here's the key, right? One of the keys is dry brining. So you have to dry brine the meat for two reasons. One is because it makes it more flavorful. And by dry brine, I mean like, you know, put, put salt on it. I, we put brown sugar in our, in our dry brine and mm. it's not, you know, you can get a pre-mixed one, but if you do, I, I, recommend you put mix some extra brown sugar in like a lot of brown sugar you first actually you coat it with mustard as a okay. binder meaning it gets all that stuff to stick so you coat it with mustard crappy yellow mustard it doesn't make it a mustardy flavor because all of that's going to evaporate and burn off anyway and what you're left is just like the powdery spices that are that are part of the mustard um and then you put on your rub and then you wrap it in saran wrap and you leave it in the fridge overnight and so then the that dry rub and, uh, and we do this with salmon too, huh. when we smoke salmon and it's awesome. It makes the salmon so flavorful. So, so you, you do this dry rub the night before and uh, it helps it to form a crust, helps flavor. And it, it, the, the best part about it is it traps in the moisture because all that salt that gets into the meat is then going to hang on to the, I don't know what the right chemistry term is. I mean, we're, we're doctors here. Like I should probably know it's like the osmotic pressure. I was a chemistry major like and I can't help you. So yeah. <laughs> No, nothing. Got nothing. Somehow, but you know, it, it's it's gonna hang on to the 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 moisture for longer because as you're doing this long cook, you're gonna dry out the meat, you're gonna turn it into jerky. And so if you dry brine the right before, it helps to to hang on to some of that moisture. Um so you dry brine it, wrap it in saran wrap the next day, you know, first thing in the morning, you get that brisket on. Mm -hmm. And what's eventually gonna happen after four or five hours is you're gonna hit something called the rest. And the rest for a, someone who's never been through it before is terrifying because you're like, the temperature is not changing. It's not changing. It's at 145 degrees, maybe it's 160 degrees. And you're like, it's been an hour and the temperature has not gone up in the meat. I don't know what to do. So when it hits the rest, what I do, that's when I wrap it. So I wrap it in foil and then eventually you, I, you can either finish it off in the, in the oven or you can finish it off in the, in the smoker if you're not you know, concerned about burning, burning your pellets. So wrap it in foil. That's going to trap in the moisture. Recently, I tried doing it without wrapping it. Mm -hmm. Dried out. Dried oh. out. I had read on like a Facebook forum. People were like, yeah, I do it without wrapping all the time. It's like, sure, it's a pain in the ass to, to do that in the middle of my day. Like now I don't have to worry about it. I'll just, you know, set my temperature probe to 
my alarm goes off on my phone when it hits the right temperature, great. Now I don't have to do anything. So I right. tried it and I screwed up a bunch of meat, right? So, um, well, and brisket's expensive too, right? Brisket has gotten, yeah, and it's gotten even pricier. It's gotten even pricier, yeah. So, so brisket, brisket is not cheap. Chuck is relatively cheap though. So if you're if you're afraid of brisket, try Chuck first and see how it goes. You know, get a bunch of them from from Costco. That's where we get our meat. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. I'll, 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 try, I'll try the Chuck first. I'm also kind of curious though. You know, as so we're talking about smoking, do you, do you guys sous vide at all? That's something that I've seen in a lot of those Facebook groups. I mean, for me, it's like boiling it, steaming it. I mean, it just sounds, I, I get it. I actually did something that I've seen that for, for like a reverse sear, mm -hmm. right? So you get your meat to the rare temperature, to the perfect temperature in the sous vide. Yep. And then you let it cool and then you sear it. Mm -hmm. So now you've got, it's rare. And then you've got the Maillard reaction, whatever it is, that reaction that's just, you're not trapping it for the, for the listeners. When you sear something, you're not trapping anything in. You're not, you're creating just, you're caramelizing it. You're creating a different flavor on the outside. It's called the, I think it's the Maillard reaction. So you're not trapping anything in, but you're just adding a different bunch of flavors to it. So, yeah. So, uh, no, I haven't tried it. Although I did reverse sear a tenderloin recently oh. and it was awesome. So I, I smoked it on the smoker for like three hours. Uh-huh until it reached an internal of like, I think it was 120, 125, let it cool for a bit and then broiled it in the oven. Cause the thing with our smokers, at least with mine is it doesn't get super, super hot. Yeah, no. So I just, it was like 15 minutes in the broiler and then it came out, came yeah. out awesome. So yeah. what, so what, what's your deal with sous vide? Yeah. So that's actually kind of, so I, I grew up and uh, didn't really know anything about cooking. And I remember I was, I was actually in a, CT anesthesia case in, in residency. And this one guy like just kept talking about sous vides, you know, and, and how he's got this jewel sous vide device and, and it's like this immersion warmer and how, you know, it gets the meat to the perfect temperature. And that was like my first foray into kind of cooking, to be honest with you. Um, you started and, with sous vide. Yeah. I don't really well, cook much, but I'm going to try it's, this water bath. And the reason why, because I talked to him, it was just so simple. Like, you, I mean, yeah. you, you put the meat, like, you, you know, you get the flavor on it. You know, you know, if it's chicken or something like that, you put my rosemary and a few other things, garlic on it. And like, you basically put it in a bag, put it in this pot, and then you got the immersion warmer that just, you know, swirls the water around at the temperature. And, and it will, you know, you, you do it for a certain amount of time, depending on how big the meat is, what the temperature is you want, like whether it's pork chops or chicken or whatever. And, um, and I'll be honest, like it really does make that consistency pretty much perfect every time. You can over sous vide something if you keep it in too long. There used to be like this old wives' tale that you know if, if you if you you know keep it in there, like it can never go bad. And it's like no, no. If if you if you screw it in that thing long enough, like, it, it you, definitely you turns that into bag mush. up and it just like you pour the meat out. Yeah, it's, it's just, just disgusting. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's totally disgusting. But you know, it, it is uh, also a Wi-Fi device, and so you can control it from your phone. In terms of when, when you start it, when you stop it. And, um, and yeah, so we, we don't do it a, a ton anymore now that I've got the smoker. Cause that's kind of become the the thing that I enjoy doing. But, um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I found it to be a pretty easy way to, to do chicken or pork chops, you know, and, uh, and then I would take it outside and I would sear it on my gas grill. Um, and, uh, and, and really, you know, is, is a really simple way and it doesn't in like an hour or two, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty painless process. Uh, if, if smoking, you're like listening to, you know, to us right now and, and you're like six to 12 hours. I mean, that's a, that's a really long time. Like I guess sous vide is not smoking just for the record. It's not smoking, but
but I also have sous vide. I don't know. How, I don't even know what the word is for that. I have gone through the process of using a sous vide, uh, <laughs> right? And uh, on on ribs too. There's a way to do it with ribs, and so um, you know, I'd put them in a cooler and sous vide the cooler uh, with ribs in it, St. Louis style ribs too. And it's like you can wait. Wait, what do you mean sous vide the cooler? I don't understand so, the like. So, so this device, it's like a conical device. It's probably I don't know three inches, four inches in diameter, and um, and it's got it's got a blade in it that you know swirls the water around in whatever device in whatever uh, container you put it in so whether it's a okay. metal a metal pan a metal uh you know just whatever i mean you name it like pan whatever or in a cooler like i mean like an ice cooler like you'd like you'd bring to a, a, a sporting event or the beach right like and so for ribs it obviously has to be much larger than like you know just a, a normal pan right okay uh, and so you can use a cooler and put the sous vide in it and it clips, it has a clip on it. And so you just make okay. sure that it's below the water level and it okay. will warm up that, that body of water. Uh, so it circulates the water and heats it to the temperature. Correct. So it's and like a it, heating coil it slash it at that exact yeah, temperature, yeah, yeah. which okay. is, so it's basically like the idea of a smoker, but in water, okay. um, you know, okay. it's, it, it is a low and slow kind of process. Now, if you do ribs, it does take a very long time. It's a, you know, kind of a multiple day process. Uh, but for chicken, pork chop, something really simple, easy, couple hours sort of thing. Um, it, it's a it's a easy fix if you don't want to go through the process of a six to twelve hour cook. How do you flavor the meat in so the sous vide? Like, so you, you're putting these things in the bag with it, and somehow yeah. it like you're putting so, like whole sprigs of ro rosemary, or you're like putting a rub on. Yeah, so so you can probably do either, but you know, whole sprigs of rosemary for like the chicken with garlic, and uh, you know, a couple other, and 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 it'll, it will flavor. The meat is in there and and some people i mean it can be as simple as putting it in a gallon size bag after you do that uh and you, you can also brine the meat the same way you were talking about earlier so you can brine it beforehand um it. but uh you you can then just put it in a gallon size bag and put a clip on it uh but the people that are you know doing it out you know quote unquote properly they get you know sealers right and then they can just drop the they seal the entire meat in like a vacuum sealer and then put the, yeah those, put that's that, what i've seen yeah put that bag inside inside the container whatever you're using to, to sous vide yeah. Um, but, uh, it's the same idea. It's a low, you know, slow, steady temperature. That's just consistent. Um, wait, so you're of, just using a Ziploc bag, uh, you're putting yeah. the meat in like a Ziploc bag and like trying to get as much water out of it, I guess. Yeah. So once the before meat, you zip it up. Yeah. So once, once the water's heated up and you put the Ziploc bag in, it will naturally kind of, kind of crimp on the, the meat and release the gas. Um, okay. and so, and then you can just like literally just clip to the side. I actually, I have an actual vacuum sealer now uh, also from my, my father-in-law. Cause that's just, you know, this is his thing. Um, but, uh, but back in the day, yeah, when I started, I would just use the, the gallon size bags and just, you know, let the, let the water, the air release after you put it in, uh, and then just clip it and put it on the side of the side of the thing that, you know, whatever you're using. Nice, 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 yeah. nice. Yeah. I definitely, yeah. Cause that's what we need in our kitchen, in our house, more stuff. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's another appliance. My, my wife yeah. loves just, you know, tons and tons of appliances in our kitchen. Actually, uh, it's, I, I say that jokingly, but uh, to this day, we, we've been married for, oh man, 13 years. Yeah, about to be 13 years. And uh, we do not own a toaster. So who needs toast? Yeah. Who, we don't, you, who, can needs make, toast? you can make that in a frying pan. Yeah, or the oven. Or the oven. There you go. <laughs> That's which is completely inappropriate use of an oven, by the way, but it works. No toaster. I'm trying to think if we're missing anything, but I think the answer is no. We have we have just an inordinate number of appliances between my uh, 
you know, meat hobby and her baking and cooking. We've got we've got a lot of stuff. Although one day I want to get a pizza oven. And actually that's the the tomato, the um, you know, I'm still noodling with the idea of maybe getting a tomato once my kids are a little older and more self-sufficient yeah uh, like the big green egg that's what you're talking yep. about like you can use that like a pizza oven yeah you can get it really hot really and hot. then you can you, you put the pizza on it you could also use it like a smoker and it tends to be one that you don't have to tend you don't have to sounds redundant you don't have to tend to because it's so well insulated that once you get it to the right temperature then you don't have to mess around with it you just keep the meat in there until it's done and then you got your like wi-fi thermometers that are giving you all the information you need yeah no i've, I've got a couple of friends that you know uh will swear by the green egg or the komodo komodo how you say that uh and uh and and they love it and they do pizzas on it all the time um so it's it's i i think that it's just a fun hobby to get into, honestly. Like, I, you know, I bought it for my father-in-law, but I've really enjoyed it now. Um, the chuck, I guess, is next, and then maybe the brisket after that. Yes. So, a couple of recommendations. A couple of recommendations. Um, so, one, I got smoke tubes. Smoke tubes. What's a smoke, smoke tube? Smoke tube. So, a smoke tube is like, it's like a hexagonal, like, cylinder-shaped thing that's metal and has a lot of holes in it. And okay. what you do is... It, bit of a pain in the butt to get it started but then it it slowly burns the pellets along the cylinder so it's a way to add smoke so one of the problems that people have with pellet smokers is they don't give a lot of smoke flavor and that's been my experience as well especially with a slower uh, uh, with a shorter smoke yeah so if you compare the smoke flavor of a pellet smoker to a stick burner or i actually when i first got into smoking i used a gas smoker mm. um because i was like it's the cheapest one and it seems to be the easiest one to just set and forget aside from pellet, which are significantly more expensive. So I was like, I got to try this hobby out with something cheap to see if I'm actually going to do it. And so the way the, the propane ones work is they just have a pan where you put the, um, these little smoke chips that a propane burner under it is going to slowly burn and turn to smoke. It's similar to the way the electric ones work. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have a, a water pan above it to make sure that you're, not drying out your meat as much and and that's it and so you can turn up and down the temperature um it's not an internal loop though i think okay. there's one out there by masterbuilt that does self-regulate but I've, I've heard that tray isn't that big so then you have to constantly feed in more chips um and the smoke flavor was really good and when, when i switched to the pellet smoker i was like this this is not the same like it's just it is not that smoky tasting especially when i'm doing a chicken or fish which is not on it because you're not slow cooking those things if you slow right. cook them you're going to dry them out so you have to just use it like an oven so if you've got a smoke tube or two which is what i do you get those started and then you they're putting out much more smoke on top of what your smoker is doing but it's not adding to the temperature because it's just kind of slowly burning these so where, where do you physically put this smoke tube uh just on top of the grill oh cool yeah it's like something I can get from like Amazon. Yeah, for like 20, 30 bucks, maybe nice. like that. And you just put the pellets in there. And then the other thing is finding the right pellets. So I prefer 100% hickory pellets because mm. they're, I think the one of the only pellets that has a strong, so hickory has a relatively strong flavor. Um, mesquite has an even stronger flavor, but the mesquite ones are never 100% mesquite. There's like a lot of filler in there because oh. I think otherwise it wouldn't work as a pellet. Like it wouldn't burn appropriately or totally or hot enough or so hickory is the way to quickly. go like yeah yeah so so 100 hickory and then um 
Yeah. And then the smoke tubes help when you're doing something like fish. So fish, if you look up how to smoke fish, it's going to tell you like salmon. Salmon's actually the only fish that I've smoked. Um, it's going to tell you that you need to wet brine it and then dry it and blah, 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 blah. And then you've got all these steps to do, which I did once and it was good, but it was such a pain in the ass. So what one of my friends is like, dude, it's full of fat. Fat is what soaks up the smoke flavor. Just use it like an oven. Just cook like you normally would, which I did on the gas smoker and it tasted awesome. Then tried it on the pellet, wasn't enough smoke. But now I do it on a little lower temperature with two smoke tubes and then it tastes smoky, but still not as smoky as it did on my gas smoker. That is so, really interesting. So ga gas smoker produces more smoke taste, but it's less expensive. Yes, but it doesn't have the that internal loop because it's just like it's just like a a metal frame that's poorly insulated and then a, a ring on the bottom where the propane comes out and that's it like that's the whole setup so you're not paying for all the you know wi-fi connectivity and temperature probes and all the stuff that come yeah. with our our pellet grills like it's it's not a mechanical you know it's just like a you, there's a little regulator on how much propane comes out at once that's the whole device yeah yeah no i mean sounds like any good some smoke tubes Yes, I would strongly recommend smoke tubes. You, there's an affiliate link on my website. Oh, boom. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I just made that up. I don't have any <laughs> there totally should be. on my website. Amazon affiliates <laughs> to the rescue. I should. I should. I should. That's, that's going to be the next iteration of my website is I will actually have affiliate links. Yeah, the, the show is so actually sponsored by smoke tubes, right? Yeah, smoketubes.com. <laughs> smoketubes.com. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I, it, it's been, it's been a fun, fun little project to, uh, to kind of get into. And, and, and actually the only thing even similar to this that I ever did, uh, was brew beer. I used to brew beer back before my, so I've got three kids. My, my son is now eight and it's probably around the time he was born, maybe a little after that, that, that I stopped, uh, you know, but I used to love to brew beer, uh, but, to, it, but that was like, you can't, you can't walk away from that process. <laughs> got like a turkey There's burner actually... and a giant, you know, 10 gallon thing of, Hot, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite brewery on Long Island, because there are, I mean, there's so many microbrews everywhere. My favorite on Long Island is run by an anesthesiologist. I don't know if he's oh. practicing anymore. I think he's probably doing the beer full time because it's so successful. What's it called? Great South Bay Brewery. So the Great, Great South Bay is South like between, between like the, I think Fire Island and, yeah. and Long Island. Uh, the great south bay yeah and uh so great south bay brewery I'll, yeah i'll, have to, I'll have to check that one out yeah because ne next time i come to new york i uh i, I <laughs> you guys also have my favorite uh bar that i've ever been to it's called the dead rabbits in the wall street district interesting I, and uh i just happened to be there to give a conference one time this guy's like you got to check this place out and like you walk into the to the bar there and if you just like walk in and don't realize that there's an upstairs like you'll just go in and it seems like a normal bar, but like there's a place where you can like write your name down. They give you like a little beeper and then it, it's like you put on a wait list. Like a speakeasy and, type of thing. Yeah, it's exactly what it's like. Uh, and uh, you go upstairs and they've got this like, you know, more secluded area and you can sit at the bar, watch them make the drinks and talk to the, the bartenders. They've got this special kind of book uh, that, that walks. The, it's, it's really pretty cool. Um, and so next, next time I go, I'll check out that brewery and go back to the dead rabbit. Dead rabbit link on the link in the show notes. No, actually, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking meat, drinking beer. That's 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 the life. That's the life. Well, Jimmy, it has been a lot of fun catching up with you and talking smoking meat and sous vide with you. 
we're going to need another device in our kitchen and uh, Alpha Coaching. So where can people find you online? Where can we find your uh, your online presence? Yeah, the, I mean, the best way to, to find my stuff is to use the same podcast player you're listening to right now and go to the Physician Philosopher podcast. Uh, we talk about money and mindset. And if you want to learn more, you can go to the physicianphilosopher.com. And uh, we've got uh, more information there too as well. Jimmy Turner, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Brad. Ton of fun. That was Dr. Bradley Block at the Physician's Guide to Doctoring. He can be found at physiciansguidetodoctoring.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for a previous guest or have an idea for a future episode, send a comment on the webpage. Also, please be sure to leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time on the Physician's Guide to Doctoring.